on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Yeah. And here he is, the man big enough to stand in his own shadow, Derek McCaw. Oh, yes, it's Derek McCaw. Thank you very much. Wait a minute. We're broadcasting live from a loser. What? I call call bullshit. What? (laughs) Can you say that on our podcast? I'm marking this one explicit. (laughs) All right. No, you're right. I'm not Derek McCaw, but I wish I was. Derek McCaw's got a great radio voice. Don't we all? We could all be Derek McCaw. But no, our... Derek McCaw, I want him! We all do, honey. Get in line. But anyways, uh, yes, our fearless leader, Derek McCaw, is actually on a trip. He's gone south of the border. Uh, Well, yes, he's definitely gone south. Uh, He's... He's on a bus with a bunch of schoolgirls going down south. Yeah, so Anaheim. Oh, right, right. But uh, you know, Disneyland. Derek cannot be here for this week's edition of the Fanboy Planet podcast. Coming to you from Suite One Hundred Four at Two Seven Two Five El Camino Real in Santa Clara, California. And of course, that is elusive comics and games. That is correct. And that voice you hear over there is our. Lovely announcer. Please introduce yourself. Rick Brett Snyder. That's right. Standing in for Lon Lopez. Right. And if you haven't figured it out, I'm Lon Lopez holding the reins. We're holding it down. We're your dynamic duo tonight. I call Batman. All right. I'll be the, I like the tights. So I'll be the Robin. Anyways, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to stick to our normal format. We got a little comics news, uh, a little bit of movie news, and lots of TV news, surprisingly, which is. Uh, Always good to hear for us fanboys. So Sounds wonderful, uh, boy wonder. Yeah, well, thank you, old chum. Anyways, uh, let's get cracking and talk a little bit about the big release that came out today. We've been hyping it out, uh, hyping it up all month or year or whatever since we first heard about it. Breathless with anticipation. Exactly, and if finally it is here. Final, final crisis. crisis. And if it's only the final one. Yeah, we could only be so lucky if it was just the final one, but uh, I have a feeling we're in store for a lot more. Yeah. But anyways, both uh, Rick and I have read through the magazine. A lot of exclamation points. Uh, a lot to digest here, I think, this week. Um, Rick, you read through it. I mean, we both read through it we kind did. of fairly fast. However, yeah, it starts with the with the promised appearance of Anthro. The first boy back in uh, Caveman. Right, time. not Anthrax, the metal band. This no. is the yeah, the first boy. Or the chemical agent. Yeah. Um, the will. The, I will say this though. Artwork was impressive. J.G. Jones. Uh, he did what the covers for Fifty Two. I think. Was that his? Uh... If you say so. Okay. Yeah. J.G. Jones. I think he's actually you know taking over the, the full duties here. Um, so I was impressed with the artwork. Unfortunately, the story left. A little something to be desired. Well, I think um, it's it, the problem is it's not the story left a little. Dear, it's the stories left a little bit. Ah, uh, too many things going on, right? A lot of plot line here. A lot of plot lines. 
I think that uh, we've got we've got at least four or five uh, kind of non-connected, or at least on the surface level, not connected um, stories going on. Do we know how many issues they're they're toted for this? Is this supposed to be a twelve issue? One or? of seven, it says on the cover. Ah, see, for which me, is an unusual number. Well, I think Identity Crisis was seven, wasn't it? Um, I mean, granted, that was its own little contained story, but. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that they are going to tell me the final crisis in seven issues or six more after this because that's I don't know six issues to to, to you know have evil win especially and, when you you're all over the map here you got Anthro you've got the uh, the lanterns you've got Turpin investigating mech, uh, yeah, murder, death of the uh, new gods uh, yeah the death of the new gods you got. Oh, you've got the reintroduction of the question. You have the uh, the, the gods reborn. You have the introduction line. of the Green Lanterns as CSI detectives. CSI Oa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's a, to quote, um, let's see. What's we got a we got a lantern saying dust for radiation prints. Interrogate all potential suspects. And they actually have a code number for the crime. We now it, know it's. 10-11 yes. for a decicide. There's a 10-11 in progress. Green Lantern report to the scene. It's a death of a, or a murder of a god, you know. We have some nice callbacks to the fact that Dr. Light's a rapist. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. Um, there's also a meeting between Libra and uh, all the other big crime Showdown leaders. Showdown with Luther. But what's, what's in sense, though, or basically One follows... One thing bothered you. Well, yeah, what just felt like it followed right after what was the name of that preview dc universe zero right they will actually yeah so it felt like dc universe zero was actually final crisis one or you know which may be why this is one of seven if yeah they had plotted it out that way yeah i don't know but then it just jumps right into that and then you know there's and we've got a whole new monitor world with the monitors acting not that the monitors have been around long enough that we're used to how they're acting right 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 where they were all one kind of thing and then they kind of fragmented all got their own personalities and that was all of a sudden a and, good but, bad thing and they don't have their own book to where we can really you know they just had little side stories that were in final countdown where we just kind of go what what the heck's going on with these guys but we're on the world of the monitors for part of this and it I looks love like how, there's some kind of machiavellian thing going on there can we go back a couple pages i love sure. how they've taken the multiverse move the camera over that page i love how they've taken the multiverse there's a page uh, i don't know somewhere near where they're talking about the monitors there's a page where they've taken all the multiverse Earths and put them in a giant gumball machine, it looks like. It looks like, like a hanging bunch of grapes. Yeah, there's just a big you know, uh, bunch of balls and hanging in this window. And they refer to it as the multi-universal ornery. Ori? Ori? Ori. Has survived the repair of the loss of moving part universe 51. Yeah, see, right so, there, over yeah, the top. I so have no idea what the, what's going on. They do talk on. about the bleed in that, which at least ties into the... Oh, the Wild uh, Storm right. universe. Now, see, here's where we where we really could use Derek's DC knowledge right now because we're looking at a book that, to me, can only be truly appreciated by a DC Zorlack like Derek. I'm going to put down some money and say Derek's not going to have any less a problem with this than we do. Oh, okay. I, I understand. I get most of the references here. Right, right. I understand the references, but at the same time. I don't understand their significance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, well, there's this whole juxtaposition with Anthro at the end and Commandy, and it's not sure because spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Metron shows up at the beginning of this book and gives Anthro knowledge, and, which is fire. Well, yeah, much. fire or perhaps something in, in addition to fire. Maybe, because yeah. at the end of it, Anthro is drawing in the, drawing some kind of diagram in the dirt that. Um, Looks like it may have transported him forward in time to Commandy's time, which is well. You know what I was wondering future. is earlier in the book they talk about 
dark side says something like I taught them the equation. I'm wondering if that's the equation that he was talking about. I Maybe. don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah, I think that didn't I, if I recall correctly, in the original Kirby run of uh, of New Gods, uh, the anti-life equation did send people back in time. For, well, maybe that's it. That's the whole thing, be. though. I mean, if you're trying, here's here's my problem. Let's look at it from a consumer standpoint. Let's. You're trying to create a summer blockbuster comic that's going to be your big tentpole for the for the year, and you have a book that. Most mainstream readers or off, you know, just off the street readers can pick, can't really pick up and go, what's going on? You know? I would say if you're not already enmeshed in the DC universe, you're going to have a hard triumph time with this book. Right. Whereas, you know, I don't remember so much the uh, crisis, the first crisis on Infinite Earths, but I thought that that read well enough to where if you didn't really know all the continuity of the history, you could still pick it up. And read through it and go, okay, I know what's going on. I can follow this story. Yeah. I know what's I, happening. I, I would tend to agree. And I've read that ser- uh, that series a couple of times now. And mm-hmm. I would, even if you don't understand that they're really trying to reconcile all the editing gaffes and story con- conflicts over the years, mm-hmm. it's still a pretty decent story. Well, here's the other thing, too. Re- looking at this book as a single standalone issue, which I know you're not supposed to, but. Aren't you? Well, yeah, maybe, ideally, but. Here's the thing. If I were to pick up this book and just look at it, I have no idea what the crisis is. I have no idea what's up for grabs, what's right. at stake. Right. I have no idea who the main character, who I'm supposed to follow or care about. Um, you know, just storytelling-wise, I just have no clue what's going on. So, yeah, you've got that whole bit with uh, Batman explaining to the uh, to the JLA who the gods were, right? Yeah, just a little They've had gods on the JLA. Uh, yeah. yeah, so there's just a lot of head scratching in this, and I'm not sure that. I mean, I looked at it kind of excited and going, "Okay, here's the beginning of the end," is what they've been saying for a while, and I have no clue what's going on. So to follow I think it, if it was another 52 event, if it was another year long event, I'd be a little maybe. less. I'd be a little less worried about. Right. It. But it really feels like either there's not a lot of stuff is going to happen in other connected books on this. Mm-hmm. But Grant Morrison has said, he's come out and said, the only thing you have to buy is these seven issues. Mm. Yeah, so. I don't know. Unless, you know, a lot of exposition is coming down the road, but that's not that doesn't make a fun comic to read, you yeah. know what I mean? So but, you know, you may be not going to buy it. It's, it's 4 bucks too. It is a it is a <sighs> decent sized comic and as you say the art is really nice. Art is nice. Um, um here's the other thing I understand. Can you describe the cover to our listeners at home? I mean, yeah, I being can. as descriptive as possible. Well, there's actually there's actually multi multiple covers of this. Okay, there's well, one, I tried to look, and this was the only one I saw on the rack. Well, I got the last one that had Green Lantern on the front. Uh, okay. So there's one of Green Lantern in semi-profile with his ring thrust out towards the reader. Mm-hmm. This is the one that's more common, and it looks to be um, perhaps a caveman's hand with a hatchet, a uh, hand-created hatchet, and then on the wall behind him in are like cave pictograph, drawings. Yeah. Pictographs, you've got, you've got some antelopes type things down at the bottom, and then you've got the Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman symbols on the wall above. So, But let's also explain too that that's in a single... Basically, the cover is divided into like three strips. Yeah. Um, three bars. Running and, top to bottom with final on the left and crisis on the right. Right. So this one picture we have in the middle, I, I don't quite understand the thought process of well, again, I don't think it's something that's going to draw somebody who isn't already anticipating right. this. No one, no one who who doesn't already know about this book is going to pick it up on the basis of Final Crisis. 
the 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 superhero logos are too subtle in the background. Right. You've got the DC logo down below the bottom half. So if you were just looking at this on a rack, you're going to see Finn Cree. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Well, what's funny is is when I went looking for it today on the rack, I skipped past it and went, I thought Final Crisis was supposed to be. So I went back and tried to look you know, where the F section would be, and then I saw it and I went, really? oh, that's <laughs> it. And I was like, this looks like an indie book. I don't know. Yeah. I am you know what DC you know you've done me right in the past and I you know I like to have faith but I'm a little confused right now and hopefully it'll pull us around and you know I'm a little worried but uh, I think we'll we're gonna be we'll looking hang at in there the next couple weeks. we'll hang uh, in is there this coming see? out monthly uh, I don't know that's here? a good question does it have a checklist at the end should we no look? there's no checklist but I have seen a checklist elsewhere the next next week's cover it looks to be a full cover of Flash. Right. A very lo- worried-looking flash, but drawn and, like an Alex Ross style. Man, flash. the perspective on this is so bad. Like it, his hand looks withered in the background there. Look at that. Yeah, that's weird. So uh, let's I'd see. be interested to see what they do with this final crisis. So oh, here they put the indicia. Uh, let's see. I'm guessing it's probably monthly if they're published going monthly seven. by DC. Comic. Yeah, I mean yeah. if it's so if we're going to be doing issues, this through yeah. summer into well winter. Great, thanks DC. Well, uh, it. You know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, it's finally here. You know, you fans listening at home, send us an email and tell us what you think. Uh, editor at fanboyplanet.com. Let's move on. Yeah, let's go on to more comic news. Um, I got a little tidbit I found interesting today. Important um, to you. Well, it is important to me, but also I thought it was just kind of surprising. You haven't given up hope. Well, no, no, no. I, I still am in love with the franchise and the title. But uh, news reported, I think I, I read on uh, Newsarama, but reports that uh, IDW, the comic uh, imprint, uh, just landed the license for G.I. Joe. Now, uh, you know, G.I. Joe, I guess they're calling it in the in the release G.I. Joe versus Cobra. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, because I, th- I was sitting there that's going... That's the title. That's the title of the book. Well, I think what it was was they were just trying to distinguish it from, you know, the old school, you know, G.I. Joe I thought Joe they property. were setting up a new line, which would be G.I. Joe versus Taliban. Uh, yeah, that could be interpreted like that. But yeah. I always thought the line was called The Real American Hero, but maybe they can't because Marvel Comics owns that or maybe somebody – I don't know. I, don't I can't know. imagine. That was in the TV show before. Yeah, so maybe – I don't know. But um, that's what I always thought the line was. But anyways, so IDW has got the license, which surprised me because for the longest time, Devil's Do was publishing G.I. Joe. I actually thought there was a G.I. Joe comic on the rack today, G.I. Joe America's Elite or something like that. Put out by Devil's Due. I thought it was Devil's Due. And uh, they're the ones who kind of brought G.I. Joe back into comics three, four years ago. And so I thought, I guess what was happening is Hasbro wanted a company to bring back interest in the G.I. Joe franchise so that when the movie hits in, was it 2009, I think next year, they'll have, you know, comics on the rack that That they can. That makes sense. Yeah, but what just surprised me is that how they would not go. Maybe the publisher Devil's Due couldn't handle the workload or something. I have no idea. But G.I. Joe has a new publisher, which is surprising to me because... It was interesting. You sent me the link to that article. and uh, They also have the rights to reproduce the old, the yeah. old stuff, the which archives. I expect they'll, they'll be doing probably larger books. Right, but what gets me is that I thought Marvel Comics had that, or I, you know, even Devils do. You know, so maybe, maybe, maybe everything maybe went back Hasbro, to Hasbro. Hasbro probably had something in their contract that they owned anything any right. that was produced after some period of time, which is strange to me. So IDW could reprint a bunch of old Marvel comic GI Joe stories, and it's happened before. 
Uh, we've got uh, Dark Horse reprinting old DC stuff, the uh, Tarzan of the Apes that was done oh, by wow. Joe Kubrick, I yeah, Kubrick a while ago. I know that wasn't Dark Horse reproducing old Marvel Star Wars books too. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I thought yeah, so it was very. So I mean, it's not unheard of, right? True. It's just it, you know, it's kind of interesting, especially to see. In, in licensed properties. I would expect. Yeah, I was gonna say it's interesting to see that when a property jumps from you know publisher to publisher. You know, how uh, interesting that is for, you know, what does that mean for the consumer, you guys at home? And what does that mean to, you know, the fans? You know, they got to go buy all these new versions of their comics. Now, I wanted to ask you something because the the G.I. Joe versus Cobra kind of brought a question to mind. And that is, and I know it might be asking too much. Hey, I'm I'm there for any G.I. Joe question. What is Cobra's objective? They are a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. Just rule the world? That's as far as I know. Um, so the day after they rule the world, what are they going to do? Well, I think in the comics they went a little further on that. They were actually a corporation that was all about, you know, ruling the world financially and through domination and everything else. So essentially, you know what's funny, though, is they don't – they never really had a doctrine or anything or a manifesto that they followed. So they were always just – Kind of these evil characters. Right, they're just, just trying to get the next weapon or discovery right, or steal it right. from somebody. And so it's like, okay, so how does this mission really right. contribute to our rule the world thing? You need a good mission statement for a corporation. Right. Like I think Cobra. what what eventually it all boils down to is money. So I think they're just, you know, common criminals trying to make a buck. So, okay, you know, it, it serves the purpose of the comic. I mean, essentially, you know, if we put it in real world speak, they're just they're playing the role of the terrorists, quote unquote. You know what I mean? So it's all about, you know, fighting terror, taking it to them before they take it to here. I don't know. So <laughs> that's good. But point. anyways, that's I think that's all we really got for comic news this week. Any other? Did you read any other good books you wanted to tout oh, or talk no, about? Bacon and everything. I'm so far behind. Yeah. So I, had, I had to write my review of Sex in the City. That's right. Ooh, we'll get to that later. We'll okay. Put that we'll put movies. that in the movies. Okay. Yes. And uh, all right. Well, let's let's actually move into movies then, since we've kind of tapped our comics for this week. Let, let's just go there. Sex in the City is the big release this week. Not a normal uh, uh, movie we try to cover on Fanboy Planet. It doesn't really have anything to do with comics or anything, but it is such a cultural phenomenon that it's just. Bear is talking about. So you've actually seen the movie. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, it is a phenomenon. It, mm-hmm. is, it, is, it affects the way half the population acts. And I see, Really? Half? The, you mean the female side? Exactly. Or? Well, I was in a theater on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and I swear there were five guys in that theater. And <laughs> the rest of the theater was composed of like groups of women, like between four and, five, four and nine People. Years old or no no, no. Oh, groups okay. groups oh, of okay. four up to there was one group of nine women and they were, were they all drinking Cosmos they and, they would have been if they had been served uh, and the okay. first theater that figures out how to do that <laughs> is going to make a lot of money right but I mean they were all dressed to the nines they were all look like they're going out to do clubbing where was this at this was at the Mercado. wow you got people dressed to the nines going to the Mercado yeah it was really it strange. must be something big wow. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's Sex in the City, man. It's if if you love that series, you're gonna love the movie. That's wow. basically it's it's a it's a season's worth of story in two hours and fifteen minutes. Interesting. And uh, a lot you know, of surprises or a lot of old. Uh, we quite, see a lot of familiar faces. In you it. see a lot of familiar faces. Interesting. Okay. Uh, there, there are cameos from uh, like Candace Bergen comes back as the ed- as Carrie's editor from Vogue. Okay. And, 
Uh, you, you've got basically everybody you want to see in that, that show. And everybody's moved on. It's four years after the show ended. Okay. Uh, Charlotte. Uh, Can you tell us? Uh, we don't want to spoil the movie. No. But were you a fan not. of the show? I was. I how, did the, how did the show end again? Now, for our fans listening at home, I know you're comics listeners and fanboys, but it stand, you know, it's, it'd do you some good to learn about Sex and the City, so that way when you're talking up some girls at a convention or something, you'll have this info. You'll so pay attention. Say, you're a real carry. Exactly. Go, really? You think so? Yeah, why? Pay attention. You better know how to tell her why. We're doing you a service here. So anyways, Rick, how did the show end? Well, I, basically it ended, it ended with wrapping a lot of storylines up, especially the, the relationships. The basic premise, though, was these four women in New York. Right. One's a sex columnist or a love, well, col- love relationship columnist. Yeah. columnist and she was all looking for. She's got a. They're book all out. looking for now, the relationship. Now she's a successful author, apparently making lots of money because she spends a lot of money and she doesn't seem to worry about it. Okay. In fact, none of these women are at all worried about the recession at all. In fact, <laughs> well, they're living in they're New York. They're doing. So. They're doing so much to keep the economy going. It's not even fun. Right now, at the end of the series, not the movie. Doesn't she go off with her guy and get hit? Not hitched, but just basically. Well, the series ended in a two-parter where she was kind of involved with this guy who was going to take her off to Paris, and so was that the uh, the, the 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 dancer, the Russian dancer, Barishnikov. Barishnikov. I think that's right. Okay. So she actually watched it, and in in that episode, she finally realized that she couldn't live without Big. Mm-hmm. And so she who went, can't she <laughs> right, went, girls? Yeah, that's Lon's nickname. <laughs> She came back to big, and you had the other the other women. So Samantha had her beau Smith, who was a much younger model, underwear model, and okay. so they were they were going to go off to L.A. and she was okay with that. With mm-hmm. Miranda and Steve had a child. She she had gone through this whole unwed mother. She didn't want Steve, but then she came around. She came right? around to it. She decided she was going to get the family, so she moves to Brooklyn. Now, if you don't know New York, Brooklyn, that's a big move. Samantha is closer to New York being in L.A. than Miranda really? is being in wow. Brooklyn. Okay. Well, at least from a metaphorical standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you had uh, Charlotte, who finally found you know she was like the the American princess. And she finally found love with this kind of slobby Jewish guy. Was he the bald guy? Yeah. Oh, really? She stayed with him. They, she stayed with him. They have a wonderful family. They adopted a little girl, for, uh, little uh, Asian girl. Awesome. And so, and so, you kind of wrapped it up, but you still left it that these women are still best buds, and they will still get together, and and that's the way the movie starts. They're still best buds, and they're still getting together. Samantha flies out every now and then because she's got the money to do it. Mm-hmm. Miranda comes over the bridge, and they all get together for cocktails, or they're on the phone. And that's a of, when a lot of cell phone use in the ah. movie. I was going to say, there's not one big, and that's when the trouble begins. And no, the trouble doesn't begin actually for the first 40 minutes of the movie. Oh, wow. So it's 40 minutes refresher. It's a little foreshadowing, but not Interesting. Much. Okay. Well, you know, we don't want to spoil it for the listeners at home, but I, from the, the hype I've been reading about and the, the, the trades and everything else, I have a feeling it's going to have a big opening weekend. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Well, the, uh, the opener was in uh, London, I guess. Or maybe no, there was a New York opening, and that's where tickets were five hundred dollars a piece. Oh, wow! If you could get them, and you couldn't really get them unless your last name was on on some kind of right, <laughs> you were some high society person yeah. there. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll see how well it does. I, you know, hopefully it'll do better than Narnia did. It's going to do uh, great. It's I have no doubt that, and it's going to come out. There'll be there'll be a fabulous DVD collection for it for Christmas. Fabulous was that the fabulous. key word there? 
Yes. Well, um, I probably won't see it, but hey, I know all you guys out there that are listening and reading your comics, you'll probably see it too. So, oh, there's enjoy. quite a bit of nudity in it, Long. Oh, well, then I'll go see it, and you should too. Anyways, moving on to our next little piece of... All right, this yeah, is, this one you hadn't told me about. Which one are we going for? This one. All right, we'll go to this oh, one. This was one. back for the... Uh, oh, that's right. This is getting back to our comic roots, so all you comic listeners can tune in again. Uh, just recent uh, rumblings around town about a possible Spider, Spider-Man 4 recasting. Um, there was talks that, you know, for the next little part of the franchise... Um, that they would be looking for a new Spider-Man. And the rumored was, and I forget his name. I know his last name was like Fugit or something like that. But the kid from Almost Famous, this is Patrick Fugit oh, or something yeah. like that. Anyways, he was being rumored as being the next, or, or being on the short list to be the next uh, Peter Parker. And uh, it was confirmed today by the studio, like a Sony picture over, that all that is false. It is a rumor. Okay. And as far as they know... Toby Maguire's still interested, which everybody else is saying, yeah, right. He's done with it, you know, but we'll see. You know, you roll out enough money and, you know, give a guy a decent script. I mean, who knows? It might turn into that whole, yeah, we'll give you a producer credit and uh, you can write the script like Ed Norton. And But uh, in other comics news, big comic movie news this week, the Watchmen had a lot of, I'm sorry, Derek, Watchmen, not the Watchmen. <laughs> he's spinning in his grave. Had, uh, oh, no, he's not dead. Oh, no, he's not. Let's not say that. This will kill him. Um, Watchmen had a lot of rumblings this week, a lot of uh, stuff uh, released and discussed and everything else. The one that I noticed the most, did you see the link I sent you for the oh, yeah. actual picture? looked terrific. A picture was released this week from Zack Snyder himself, the director of Watchmen, uh, showing an old photograph or, you know, from the movie. Antiqued. Yeah, an antiqued uh, photograph of the original... Minutemen. Yeah, the Minutemen, the original, uh, what was it, like, super Superhero. group from... Superhero group from the, Watchmen Continuity. The people who uh, were actually the generation before the Almost current. like, essentially, the Justice Society yeah. is composed like the Justice League. Or right, contrasted right. that would be it. And, um... So, yeah, so they released this photograph, and it had... I forget all the characters. Remember, one was, like, Mothman... Uh, Silk dollar bills, the original Silk Spectre, right. the comedian. Uh, was this not? Hang Who was Justice? the woman on the far left? Oh, her name was. Uh, is that the silhouette? Yeah, I think it might okay. have been that or somebody else. And then there was was it Hooded Justice? Hooded Justice looked awesome. Yeah. So it was just this picture, and it was like these old heroes, and they were all in like you know kind of cheesy spandex costumes. And but I, what did you think of it? I thought it was great. It's exactly what I would have expected. To See, I like. did too. Now, I was reading some of the talkbacks, and some of the fans out there were like, oh, this looks lame. Couldn't they have got better costumes? I was like, yeah. you're missing the whole point. The whole point was that, you know, that was a simpler time back then. It was, you know. I think the point is that you shouldn't have bothered with the callbacks. Right, <laughs> right. Like, it's just like, you know, just it's enjoy it. It's just what it is. I don't know. Um, kids, little consumer report here, uh, consumer advice here. Callbacks or any kind of those talkback things, they're guys that are writing stuff just so you don't get upset and right, write back. Right. They call them trolls. Ah, okay. And they, they live to have you overreact to their to their false uh, posting. Well, either that or they just have no friends and they yeah. have to you know, That's get true. all angry. True that. But, uh, yeah, I'm impressed, so I can't wait. And then the other big news. Now, I don't, I'm, I don't have the story fresh in my mind. I hope you read the article that Derek... Our fearless leader Derek put, put an article. Derek put an article that actually what's kind of funny is nobody else was really reporting on it. 
And Tales uh, of Black Freighter. Yeah, we're basically getting a DVD release. Uh, like he said, five days after the theatrical release of Watchmen. Yeah. So you can go see Watchmen, and then five days later, which I'm guessing is Watchmen will probably come out that Friday, and then that coming Tuesday you can probably get a DVD of what's it called, Curse of the Black or no, Tales, Tales of the Black, of Black Freighter. Freighter. Which is the which was the comic that was going interspersed with though the the conceit here is that um, in a world of superheroes, what do you put in comic books? And mm-hmm. the answer they had was you put in pirate stories. Mm-hmm. And so interspersed with and like almost complete issues, right? Uh, were these these stories this continuing serial about uh, pirate uh, being abandoned, set set on you know on on he he makes a raft out of dead bodies and it's yeah really, it's really, really gruesome graphic. and grim yeah. yeah um so i mean this is going to be this is excised from the story right and the other thing they announced too was that so you'll get a black freighter dvd and then a few months after i think you'll get the actual watchman movie dvd yeah. then months after that you're going to get the two mixed back together in a special edition where It'll kind of be as close to the comic as it's like the reverse of Grindhouse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's it's going to be really interesting because you know any real fans of the, of the Watchmen book, and I and I said Watchmen uh, the because it's a, the a, book, the book. Um, but any, real fans of the book know that you know you can't just you don't just read the the Rorschach story. You don't just re- read the superhero right. story. You reading. All the different things that are taking place and digesting all this stuff in. So I'd be really interested to see to see that DVD and actually sit down. You know, who knows if it's like a three and a half, four hour DVD. Probably. But just to just dig in one night and just experience that whole thing and be really. You're not alone in that, I'm sure. It'd be really interesting to see. So. Yeah. On the other I hand, I think uh, a lot of I think it's the right decision for the studios to do, have done it this way because we we already discussed how much story there is mm-hmm. and to condense it down to a two even a three hour movie if they make it a three hour movie right. that's still they're going to have to cut a lot of stuff and so cutting the pirate story is exactly the right right thing to do right but at least they're still having it available you know what I mean yeah I think it's a great I mean the world we live in now it's like it's such a multimedia you know, consumerism, it's like, you know, you can have your theatrical movie, then go home, watch your DVD, right. watch your webisodes on the internet, you know what I mean? All all of it ties into Make the your main mashup. St- right, you know what I mean? But it all ties into your, to your, you know, your main story, your main property. And I think, you know, we're lucky as fans to check that out. So yep. it'll be interesting to see. I think that's all I got for movie news, unless you have anything else that nope, I nope. should know. All right, we had a bunch of TV news. Coming up, it's a big week for TV. Big week for TV. Let's. What do you want to hear about first? Uh, uh, you want something easy? Something. How about we go on something you can talk a little about? We'll start with the. We'll start with this one. I was. I read today that there is a story going on about a famous comic writer. Yep. Being brought onto one of your guys's favorite. Actually, show. just a famous writer. Sure, and I guess now he's he's kind of a movie writer too. He won the he Hugo Award a couple of years ago for mm-hmm. uh, his novel American Gods, but yeah. fans would know him from what the Death series or uh, Sandman. No, Sandman. That's right. Yeah, Neil Gaiman. So Neil Gaiman is getting tapped to write a an episode of Doctor Who, which we won't see until 2010. Wow, that's a long time. But what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I th- I you're terribly a excited. Fan. Terribly okay. excited. I think that uh, he's a brilliant writer, and he'll he's he's 
gotten. I, I have no doubt that he'll be uh, he'll honor the the Doctor Who uh, storyline and motif. Do we know? I'm not I'm not a uh, versed on the, the gaming, but uh, is he a Brit as well? Is yes. he a limey? Okay. Um, so yes, he's officially a limey. Nice. Um, so I'm guessing that he's probably he's from limey land. I'm sure he's probably grown up with some Doctor Who, right? So I'm sure he's got a connection, and you know, I'm sure I mean, everybody's doing that show right now. Grew up with it, and right? They all, they all talk when they when you when you hear uh, Christopher Lec- Christopher Eccleston talk about the show. He's like, yeah, when I was a kid, I was watching the show, and you know, nobody goes, oh, I never saw it before in my life. It's mm-hmm. like they all did. And so, right. I mean, it's a national treasure. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's terrific. The, the, the bad thing about it is that uh, they are going to finish up this season, and then they've got um, a couple of episodes or uh, specials. And then there's like the article today said there's like a four in 2010, there's going to be like a four episode season. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know what's going on with them and production, but. If they can keep the quality, do they have writer strikes in uh, Britain? Or? I don't think. Oh, okay. I don't think they're anticipating that. So anyway, um, wait a minute. We have a customer guest here. Come, come close to the mic. Come tell us. We got so, customer. What's your name again? Joe. My name is Joseph. That's yeah. right. British TV is a lot more. Hold on. Like, hold on. Put these the mic on. Is not up. Oh, okay. All right, we there have a go. customer, fan, friend of the podcast. This is Joe Rodriguez, you said? Aruda. Aruda, right. A couple of R's. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> care. Nah. Okay. Joe Smith. Joe no, has an just, answer for our it's just that, um, Doctor Who. Well, most non-American TV is actually a lot like American comics, where, okay, you don't want to have a continuing series, or you don't want to guarantee it's going to run X length. You do a story arc. Or a couple of story arcs, and that'll be a season. Might be six episodes, might be eighteen in Britain. Yeah. In Britain. So and they'll do a run. Another great example, everyone, Jekyll, for example, is um, six episodes. Yeah. Ever anybody yeah. anyone who saw the you know the, the the Queen movie from last year that won a bunch of awards, Helen Mirren, she was on a big long running BBC series called Prime Suspect, Crime hmm. Crime Noir. It ran for seven seasons, but each season was a different length. Like one season was six, six episodes, another one was like fourteen or something. Mm. And it was just like we've got this much story for the year, this much budget. People like it enough to do it. We'll do it. If it succeeds for the whole season, we'll do another one. Maybe it'll come out actually next season at the same time. Maybe it'll yeah, come out I guess out it just feels months. strange because Doctor Who has been relatively successful and enough to launch a couple of other shows. And so if they don't have budget or they don't But have- all the Doctors had different lengths of, uh, lengths of time. I mean, Tom Baker was Tom Baker and John Pertwee were Doctors for what seemed decades. And all their story arcs, you know, a story arc might be two episodes long. It sure. might be 12. Right. And but the, those story arcs weren't complete seasons. In some cases, I think they were like half of a season. Like you'd have like this, you'd be like, okay, here's a long Dalek story, and it's going to take up two-thirds of the whole right. season. Then right. we'll put these two. Sure, sure. Or we'll put bookenders on it, and then, you know, it's done. That's the way they've always kind of done it, as I've understood it. They, right. You know, Red Dwarf was the same way, I think. So yeah, I'd be interesting to check out. Are you a Doctor Who fan yourself? I actually, you I had am. a lot of knowledge, more knowledge than I had. Well, so. I've, I've watched a lot of BBC. I grew up here in the Bay Area when PBS was showing Monty Python and mm. all the classic KTCH. BBC. Yeah, pretty or much. KQ. Oh, wait, in England, aren't there only like four BBC channels, and that's it? Or uh, there might BBC have been before. One, BBC two. I'm trying now, to think. Of... Now there's more, and the, you know, there's cable channels. I mean, that's not. Oh, like, okay. You know, but they get cable. What's that Bow Wow song where she sings them all off? I don't even. I don't there even is know Bow Wow. Wow reference is very nice. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Uh, no, but they—they they, it's like Radio One, Radio Two. They've got multiple channels. They've got 
specialty channels. And know. they cross advertise, so you'd be, it'd be uh, you'll be at the end of a show for like if it's on BBC One, and they'll be saying, "Following this will be blah." On BBC Two, you can watch blah. It'd be like NBC telling you, "Hey, if you don't like what's coming up next on CBS, there's this comedy." <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's like BBC One's their premier channel, and they've got like this this DJ who's really really big named Giles Peterson, and he often. Says, by the way, on the Fringe channel, in about 20 minutes, you'll be hearing something that I would never play. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, are you a Neil Gaiman fan? I like Gaiman. I'm not one of his psychotic adolescent fanboys. So you didn't dress up in goth and paint your toenails? And no, I lived read. through the 80s. I awesome. had Creepers. Okay. It's about as far as it got. Excellent. So are you excited about the pre- the prospect of Gaiman writing an episode of Doctor Who? Could be great. Depends on who's playing it. I mean, Doctor Who's always been one of those things where, oh, the next year we've got a new Doctor, mm. and he might be really great, or he might be... Well, David Tennant has said he wants to play it for a while. Colin Baker said the same thing, so... Yeah, we'll <laughs> see if he gets better movie offers and stuff, and yeah. then, you know, then he'll jump ship like everything else, so... Well, he was already huge before Doctor Who. That's what I, I heard, I, yeah. He, 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 he got some visibility in the States more now, but by the time he got to Doctor Who, he was already serious UK uh, chick magnet. Well, that's not hard in the UK, right? <laughs> I mean, because they're all got my with their teeth. teeth, right? Anyways, oh, sorry, bad England jokes. joke, yes. Well, anyways, well, thank you very much, Joe. We appreciate you your contributions to the Fanboy Planet podcast. See, we actually bring fans, friends, and customers to the store in. Drop by Suite 104 at 2725 El Camino Real in Santa Clara. Maybe you Lucid too. Comics and Games. Perhaps you will have something to share. Exactly. Moving on to other TV news. Something I'm very excited about is coming back this weekend. And I've had to wait a long, long time for it. I don't know if you were ever a fan. Maybe you were. But uh, this Sunday... Marks the return. Oh, I'm totally a fan of, of the Venture Brothers season three. Go Team Venture! Go Team Venture! And uh, yes, Sunday night, Adult Swim. Now, so are you caught? You were caught up on all the. Oddly enough, I just realized I bought the DVD. I didn't watch. Didn't watch it because I heard the DVD set was going to come out a lot sooner. Uh huh. And I just realized I've got like six shows I haven't watched yet. Oh, okay. It's going to be well, a big weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, so those of you that aren't caught up, I, I would try not to spoil it for Rick, but um, yes, there was an epic battle that uh, I believe this will pick up right after. Um, those of you that followed season one, the Venture Brothers were killed at the end of season one. A great storyline. Yes. and then, Which explained a whole lot in right. the beginning of season two. Right. And so then season two, the, the brothers were brought back as well as... Uh, their uncle. Uh, oh yeah, forget his name. Jonas was that Jonas. Jonas Venture. Jonas Venture, the who was the conjoined right. twin of who was living inside uh, Doctor Venture, Rusty Venture. So, uh, Rusty. and then of course you know Patrick Warburton is Brock Sampson. You know, awesome. back awesome. One of my favorite shows. That best show was the one where they had Race Bannon on it. Race Bannon was the one. Uh, He's what from Johnny Quest, yeah, right? And right. then was he the one that fell out of the? Uh, he, 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 went, he jumped out of a plane and hit his head on the wing or something. Right, and so they found his like dead body. And the kids or, are playing with the dead body. Right, they're street. like picking his pockets and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, no, that was that one and the Bigfoot one. I thought were pretty funny. Oh so. yeah, with Steve Austin, yeah, <laughs> yeah the six million dollar man. man. 
But, uh, yeah, so really looking forward to the return of Venture Brothers. Now, I'd heard a rumor, and I don't have the name, um, but I believe that one of the, the series' voices is not returning this season. Oh, really? Um, well, a lot of the was, voices are done by Doc uh, Hammer. Yeah, I don't think it's Doc Hammer. I think it's the other guy, the public guy or something. Jason Public. Maybe. I heard one of them is not coming back. Oh, so that's a shame. I think it was the voice of Rusty. They're co-joined twins. So well, maybe they shot it or I don't know, but I heard the rumor they weren't coming Man, back. Man, if you ever have a chance to see them on a panel together. Are they hilarious? They are crazy. They are absolutely nuts. I wish I could have. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's so, YouTube videos out there of the Adult Swim guys all on a panel at Comic Con. I'll have to check that oh, out. Oh man, I did see though that a special is it's going to be airing on TV Sunday night 11:30 p.m. on Adult Swim. I'm guessing that's East Coast and West Coast. Yeah. Um, but I believe the episode is being released on AdultSwim.com Friday at 6 p.m. So if you want, you can see the episode online. If I if That's I read what Babylon Five, not a Babylon Five, uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica has been doing the same thing. Oh, have they? Really? Yeah. Okay. So um, so you can if you're you know if you can't wait till Sunday at eleven thirty, you can go check out adultswim.com and check out the season premiere of season three, The Venture Brothers. Of the Venture Brothers. And if you haven't watched it before. Go out and get the DVDs of one and two, oh. and you can thank me later for right. getting those. They're, they're fantastic. And just for those of you who haven't heard of the Venture Brothers, there's essentially, is it kind of a riff? send up of Johnny Quest. Johnny Quest, Quest right? But yeah. it also touches on all the little oh, cartoon adventure. You've got, you've got the Fantastic Fours in there. Right. You've got, Spoofs of, we yeah, should say, yeah. Well, yeah. They were called like the Impossibles or something yeah, like that? it's uh, Doctor Impossible. Right. But all the... All the uh, all the powers are slightly off. So, like, the invisible invisible girl can only make the outside of her skin invisible. Right, so you right. see all the musculature and veins. Right, and right. And uh, the human torch, when he starts burning, he actually starts burning. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> and the thing, or I forget what they call him, but he's, like, just actually mildly retarded or yes, something like yes, that. So. Yeah, so... Very funny. But, I mean, it makes fun of the just the genre of the action cartoons like Scooby-Doo and everything else. And there was, like, a ghost ship, you know, episode. Yeah, yeah. and. You know, there's just all these things, and, and you have a real send up of the of the super villain as well. Sure, so yeah, you've got the, the moth. Uh, oh, what's his the, name? The uh, man? No, the monarch. Monarch. The monarch. The monarch. And Doctor Girlfriend. Doctor Girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Who's dresses like Jackie Onassis? Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's such a weird, just a weird, just ensemble of of characters, and it's so wacky and funny. And then, of course, like I said, you've got. Okay, who's Brock Sampson supposed to be the parody of? Doc oh, Sampson? No, he's a parody of Race Bannon. Of Race Bannon, yeah. okay. He's the bodyguard to the scientist. Okay. But the, Doc, Doc Venture is not a very good scientist. Right. He's getting by on the fact that he is the son of a terrific scientist. Right, right. And he's kind of a goof, kind of, you know, insecure. Oh, and there's a there's a Doctor Strange send-up you have. Oh, uh, yeah. What's his name? Um, the man who makes everything more dramatic than it yeah, really needs to yeah. be what's his name he's the next story. he's a border at the venture complex <laughs> right so it's just like i said a great cast of fun characters like and they all tie into just you know fanboy type you know cartoon you know like action adventure stuff that everybody would would definitely like so if you haven't seen venture brothers definitely check it out um other interesting tv news was uh just announced i think today 
uh, a show we've been following for a while, the Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor Chronicles Terminator, uh, announced that they're going to be adding a new cast member next season for this the second was a season. Yeah, because I'd never heard of this woman acting anywhere else. No. But uh, anyone familiar with alternative or alt rock band Garbage, their lead singer Shirley Manson has landed a role on Terminator. Um, She's only happy when it rains. Exactly. So she only likes it when it's complicated. She only hates it when it's raining Terminators. Um, but yeah, any uh, thoughts on this, Rick? Uh, we... I'm anxious to see how it's going to turn out. Well, I do know anything. Anytime I've ever seen her in an interview, she's always got she's like, always oh, got the thick Irish accent, and I don't know. So maybe I just hope she's not a Terminator. Uh, you never know. Well, I did see in the description that they said she was playing the CEO. Of a major corporation. Oh, that'll work. So possibly, yeah. <laughs> possibly like, you know, the and next... And she'll the pink boa, too. Yeah, possibly the next Skynet or something. Who knows, but... Uh, okay, that could work. Yeah, but uh, it's interesting, you know, it's... I've Like I said, it'd be different if we'd seen her act in something else and, you know, she came over and did this and be like, oh, yeah, she's a good actress. But we, I, me personally, I haven't seen her act in anything. I don't Maybe she's done some acting overseas. I don't know, but... How she garnered a role, I don't know. So we'll see. Maybe her, maybe the producers are just big rock band fans or something. I don't know. So, well, hopefully, I mean, Summer Glau is coming back. Right? Uh, we assume, yeah. I mean, she's the star. Well, she right? blew up at the end of the last. But season. she's a Terminator, so she'll be fine. Maybe she gets horribly burned and she's Shirley Manson now. Oh, that could work too. Okay. So we'll see. Terminator. Love you, Shirley. That was a joke. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then other than that for TV news. Uh, uh, yeah, this one. What did I miss? This one? Yeah, seven. Well, that's what I was going to go for. Yeah. Okay, good. I was going to say other than that for TV news, we've got the big lost uh, season finale. You're this, watching that, aren't you? To, I'm totally caught up. Um, what about that last episode? Like the last two minutes of it. You had the, uh, what are those, you referring? Those quick shots of all five of the plot lines as they're converging. You know, you had you had the one group uh, with Jack, and you had the the group on the on the uh, on going the to the to the orchid the or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they cut from one to the next to the next to the next. Right, next. Right, it's right. like they're all going to converge and explode. It's it's feeling like it's going there, and I hope and I hope and I've been hoping and um, well, this. Damon Lindelof, Lindelof, is that Lindelof, Lindelof, and uh, Carlton Cuse. Carlton Cuse. They've already said that it doesn't have as big a cliffhanger or as a big a um, ending as last season. Okay. Last season was the first of the flash forwards, right? But right. But they will answer all the questions about how they get off the island, how the how the um, how the six got off the island, okay. and what's going on there. It'll be interesting. Um, what? Okay, you're a losty. You're you're caught up, correct? Yeah. What do you make? And this for spoiler, we have a spoiler alert right now. We're going to talk lost people, so if you're not caught up, you might want to forward a couple minutes. Anyway, a couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, we haven't really talked lot. And since Derek's not here, I mean, he it's been know. a couple of weeks since the last episode. So True, should be caught up. What did you make? Okay, what did you? Let's talk. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Locke finally discovering the cabin and the two people he found inside. Yeah, well, he doesn't know who the guy is. He doesn't. Right, but let's just. And it's interesting, how wacky given was the, that yeah, it's Jack's father and Claire, and Jack's father is dead, or but, but is his he? his body is on the island because it was coming back to it was LA in with the Jack. Coffin. Yeah, yeah. Um, Claire 
maybe dead. We don't know. Yeah, it seems seems kind of likely because I mean, or possessed, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she walked away from her baby though. Yeah, what mother just leaves her baby in the middle of a jungle? Maybe a possessed one. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but yeah. So we had a carefree kind of cavalier Claire just sitting there, kind of going, "Yeah, what's up?" You know, yeah. and. Uh, then we had, hi, I'm Christian. And uh, those of us who knew him go, yeah, it's Jack's dad. That's also Claire's dad. Right. Too. Exactly. So just a weird, bizarre scene. And we find out in a flash forward that Jack does find out that Claire right. was his sister. And I sister. thought that was done very well. I, I was wondering if they were ever going to be able to expose that. And mm-hmm. so obviously. They and they did. did it in a way where I thought, oh, that's believable. I could yeah. see that working. Yeah, that yeah. works. And, uh, you know, just a lot of stuff happening. You saw the, the episode where. They actually showed the uh, was it the Oceanic press conference and everything, right? Right. And they explained like they had pictures of them like coming up on the beach and yep. everything, and explaining what island they were supposedly on, and, and the reporters tearing holes in it immediately. Right, right. And it was just kind of like, what is going? So I hope tonight they explain why they had to cover up. You know, when they do get back, I hope it's explained why they're lying. Because why Oceanic is lying? No, why, why Jack and the survivors are oh, lying. Oh, undoubtedly. Because that's one of the things where I'm kind of sitting there going, you just survived this major thing. Why wouldn't you tell everybody? Why well, I suspect you? it ties into the, the hidden nature of the island. Sure, and, and it so, also probably is. I, I think, if anything, all the characters that came through were all noble characters, at least, you know. The ones that left? Right, all the, the Oceanic Six, I should yeah. say, aside from Aaron. So, But they were all characters that, you know, were were... were speaking or at least protecting other people. So I'm guessing that whatever reason they have for lying are at least noble reasons, at least protecting someone else's other interests. Yeah, there's a whole question about Jack. I mean, because the island apparently keeps you well, keeps you happy. But Jack's append- Jack had appendicitis, mm-hmm. which is probably something that the island would have otherwise... Yeah, healed or something? Healed, no, but he's I not working know. in the best interest of the Just island. remember, though, he walks among us. But he is not one of us. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. You remember? Looking that's, forward to that's it. That's his tattoo, remember? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to bring that back for all you lost nerds like me out there. So uh, I'm, I'm stoked. It's, I got my TiVo all set. I'm going to come home and check it out when I get home later. You get the big BSG finale, oh, too. Oh, yes. I, I, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I, okay. Did you see the last one? You caught up on that? I did. Can you ex- – okay. No, I can't. Can you – Okay. Gata's singing. You want to elaborate on that for me? No. Do you think they're hinting that Gata might be the last one? I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. I'm I, af- I'm I'm worried. Worried. In I, what way? I was so happy with that show until the last like two or three episodes, mm-hmm. and I really I'm worried that they're setting it up. They're setting it up for a train wreck of an ending. Mm. Um, I was a little confused at the last episode. Here's one thing maybe you can explain to me. Um, you saw the last episode uh, yeah. where uh, Athena had confronted Six because uh, her baby hero was running to Six. Right. I I don't, you know, maybe I'm caught or lost her. I always thought that Hera was kidnapped by the Cylons and taken away. I never knew she was living on Galactica. Oh, she they brought her back. They brought her back. Yeah. See, I don't remember that. Here's my question then. I thought originally Hera's blood, since she was a hybrid, right, could cure Rosalind's cancer. It essentially it 
perhaps put it into a state of remission mm-hmm. because it came back. Right, but what I'm saying is, can't they just give her more? I don't know. More it, hybrid see, baby this blood. Is why, this is why I'm worried that that there have been too many complications that have occurred in the last two episodes, mm-hmm. and the biggest one probably is the Cylon Civil War. Right, right, and, and that was big. I mean, it, you, they really should have done that, like maybe a season the whole before, season being yeah, and then kind of brought that to a head. I, unless that's essential to the final resolution of Earth and mankind I, and Cylon living together in harmony. Earth. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't. That's why I'm worried. I'm, I, now, show's been brilliant at times. It's never been fast mm, to resolve stuff. Yeah, so. And we still have the whole question of how do they explain Starbuck dying and coming back to life? That's so. another thing. In this amount of time, how much how much of this stuff are they just going to like verbalize? Right. Someone, right. Some somebody's going to show up like the the guy at the end of uh, of um, Matrix Three, right. sitting in the room explaining everything to you. Right, right, <laughs> right. Like, okay, so we're going to end up in that same room, and he's going to say, "Well, you know, this, this, and this. That was right. because of this." I'm but, the architect of the yeah, Cylons, exactly. and this is what happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I, I hope we don't get the same thing from Lost. You know what I mean? Like that just seems like. Well, they're not finishing the show this week. Sure, sure, sure. But well, it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, hope. I mean, that's a good thing about these shows. So many questions to answer. So many questions keeping us coming back. Don't screw it up and not give us what we need, okay? Showrunners out there, listen to us. We we need answers. Help us out. Um, I think that's – is that all I got for TV? I think so. And I think that's just about everything that we got this week. Oh, I had one other extra. Um, since we haven't really been doing it for a while um, – since Chris Garcia hasn't been around, there hasn't been really been a wrestling thing. Wrestling, but I don't really have any big wrestling news. But there is, since Garcia occasionally does uh, mixed martial arts news, there is a big event this Saturday, and I don't know if this podcast will get out by then. But CBS is doing prime time mixed martial arts really? uh, event this On Saturday, Saturday night. Yes, and it's featuring the just brute of a fighter named Kimbo Slice. Some of you might have heard of him. He's a big. Uh, came to fame uh, internet fighter who's basically a street fighter. He's like homeless at one point. Big black guy, big bushy beard, and he's just a monster. If you guys see any of his stuff on the internet, it's scary. It's like real street fighting, and this guy just pummels people. Anyway, so he's been just kind of this sensation in mixed martial arts, and they're building this basically this whole show. I think it's called EXT, Extreme, I don't know, Fighting or something like that. And... um that's going to be this Saturday, so it'll be interesting to see fight fans out there tune into CBS Saturday night, and who knows what we're wow. going to see. Maybe we'll see a big fight. Maybe we'll see a big dud. I don't CBS, know. CBS, which brings you all those shows your parents watch and you couldn't care less about. Right. <laughs> right. They're actually trying to cross into the hip market or something. Right. I don't know. But Now Matlock. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's just one of those things where they, you know, this, they say MMA is the, you know, the fastest-growing sport in the country right now because it's just – crossing all over and then here we go you know prime time on a major network on a saturday night well i thought ninja wars was the fastest growing ninja wars no i, d- I haven't heard it's is on that g5 even... oh g4. uh the uh ninja showdown or whatever right. i haven't seen it i'm yeah. sorry i would watch that though 
I would watch Ninjas versus versus Kimbo and Slice. Yeah, I would check that out. Anyways, I think that's all the time we have for this week, Rick. It's uh, all the content we have. I know it's all the content we got. We have plenty of time. Uh, we're so sorry that our fearless leader Derek Derek McCaw cannot be here this week. He's in Little uh, Los Angeles, but uh, he should be back next week. He'll, we'll all be back next week, giving you the lowdown and all the good geeky goodness. We right? may do a special from Wednesday. We should pump that. I'm going to try to get this out tonight or tomorrow. Okay, okay. So uh, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday? That, uh, pardon me, Wednesday. Saturday. Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Yes. If you are listening to this before, Rick, tell them about it. Elusive Comics and Games is having a one-year anniversary sale. They made it one whole and year? party, and you're all invited. Uh, special I'm, hours between 10 and 6, I think it is. No, I think the party starts. Oh, yeah. No, the sale's going on all day. Yeah. And then the party's sometime in the evening, I think. Six Is o'clock, it? I heard. I don't know. Hey, Let's... Anna. Steve, what time's the party? Starts when they close. When okay. you close. Okay. So Saturday, May 31st at Elusive Comics and Games. What's the address on that, Rick, again? 2725 El Camino Real. Sweet, 104. Right, so come on down to Comics Games in for their Santa Clara, California, for their, 95050. For their big one year anniversary sale extravaganza. And if you make friends with the owner, which is not hard, um, right. you may get invited to the after hours party. Yeah, and the after hours party is almost as fun as the big sale. Anyways, uh, that is all, <laughs> all we got for you this week. Thanks for listening to the Fanboy Planet podcast. This is Lon Lopez uh, sitting in for Derek McCaw. Across the table is for me. Rick Brett Snyder sitting in for Lon Lopez. And remember, use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. This week's podcast is brought to you by Baggage from DC Comics. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. So how are we going to do the intro? How did we do it before? I well, did... I think last time you did like, Derek, Derek, but I think we can just go right into it. And yeah, go, I think so. You know, and say, I don't even think we need to do a wacky intro or anything. I want to do it. the listen up fanboy part. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we'll do that. Okay. But then, like, I don't need to know. Here's two guys that, no, I don't know. Maybe yeah. we'll do that. I mean, we'll, two guys that don't need Derek McCaw. No. There we go. <clears throat> we'll just wing it at that point. Sure. It'll be fun. Are right, you ready to go? Sometimes we're four. Sometimes we're three. Okay. We're the dynamic duo. There we are. <coughs> oh, okay. Check, check, check. Okay. Sounds great, huh? Okay. And three, two, one. Listen up, fanboys. Oh, it. I thought you were going to do I'm it. I'm going to do it. Oh, okay. My bad. Uh, Sorry. Uh, I thought you, you meant me do it. Oh, you want to do it that no, way? No, no. You do it. That's okay. awesome. It's different. That's good. <laughs> What's our address? Oh, uh, 2725 El Camino Real Suite. Is it 104 and 105, right? You know what, though? You should introduce me as Derek McCaw. And then I'll do, hello, okay. this is Derek McCall. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I'll have a little fun with it. Sweet. Okay. <clears throat>